Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. I am so excited to talk to Gretchen Mahl today. It's a funny thing. I'm going to talk to Gretchen about this, but the people who you make stuff with at the beginning of your career, even if you don't speak to them or see them, you are so connected from the experience of making work at the beginning of your career. And, and you have, I have this sense like Gretchen watching you on Gigolo was such a moving experience for me. I mean, your work is just incredible and the wisdom and your comfort in your own skin. And we've all come such a long way from where we were in 1997 when we were making that movie, Rounders. And um, I've watched how you've managed something incredibly difficult, which is to be a high-level working actress in Hollywood for this whole time with uh, a sense of joy for you and happiness for how you've built this career and, and, and life. And um, when I saw you the other day online and I was like, you want a pod? And you said, yes. I was like, ah, oh, this is great. This is a conversation I really want to have. So <laughs> thanks for Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. And also I, well, I'm, I've been looking forward to talking to you because I've listened to your podcast and you really go deep with people, which is a little nerve wracking. And I'm sort of cycling through all the things in my mind but um i mean i'm i'm also sort of it's harder and harder to have those lightweight flitty conversations <laughs> and we yes. do have this history and there's so much to talk about so i'm i'm thinking yeah i think it was that. great the last time you and i really spent any time together was on we ended up flying next to each other and i think we split an ambient we did and i wasn't sure whether to bring that up but we did and it was it got it was great <laughs> it was really great that might you be the last it. time well i'll yeah. just say it was a red eye to be fair it was a red it, eye we needed to split the ambient we, yes. we were fucked we were both like how what are we gonna do and um i mean i love talking to you but i really wanted to we both wanted to go to sleep and yeah, yeah completely. it got us through and then i remember seeing you on the other side and be like yeah yeah, in that ambient haze. But I have not taken ambient since making the movie. I was working on Ocean's 13 then, and mm -hmm. I have not taken even one since then because we were shooting nights during that time period. And so I was taking them, and I kind of went nuts. Yeah. You take them, I went crazy. Yeah, no, it's bad. I, I don't think it's great stuff. I think you have to figure out other ways to to be able to sleep. But it's hard when you're on a schedule like that or when you're doing, you know, when you're flying all over the place and your schedule, your thing gets screwed up and you do. Sometimes you just need to like, shut it down and but do you, do you have that i mean i do remember um seeing you on that airplane and it is this thing that the thing i started to say which is do you, do you feel the same thing about those things when you were on your first few movies and we were all looking at this sort of with wide eyes mm -hmm. do you have this sense i mean it's one thing about our business that we keep doing this with people where we have these tight things then go away mm -hmm. but do those foundational those movies from the beginning feel different to you or though when the the people that you were there with when we were all young does does it hit you in a different way do you feel connected to that or is each job feel like that to you no i mean i especially remember the really early things the first you know theater jobs or whatever where you would want to feel like you you made this family and you'd want to carry it with you forever and then slowly you realize you know, if you get one or two good connections and carry them and hopefully you can always, you know, reach out to people. And that's what I find. I, I do love about this business is that you can, you can, for the most part, do that. But I do, I have such, con I've, I had such conflicted feelings about the beginnings of my career and sort of 
that time. And I have a lot of, I look back now and I sort of, I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I have a lot of forgiveness and a lot of um, just care for, for all of us. You know, I sort of feel like, wow, what a time it was so intense. And, and that's the sadly, like, seems to be sometimes when the people are most interested in you and in your learning and you're in the beginning and you're just learning. I, I feel like so much of, of what I was doing and during that time was learning because it's one thing to take every acting class, but until you get on set and you're dealing with your own sort of physiology and, and everything, it's, um, you don't know how it's going to happen. And, and so that's a very deep thing you just said. And I want you to say a little, I have a ton of stuff I want to ask you about, but that physiology thing is so crucial. Mm. Like literally just learning how to breathe in that environment. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. feel like you're grounded in some way. Yeah. And, and it's so hard, right? Yes. That you have to ground yourself. At, you have to talk to yourself so much more um, when you're young and you don't know how to than you do when you're almost, you know, 50 years old and you've been doing it. And it's like, it's so much easier now. Um, when you said that about being comfortable in your own skin, I mean, there's still, it's still a journey and each one is, um, each job is, you know, another stab at something that you're, you're never going to master, you know, and you don't want to master. It should be, um, it should be scary but it gets less scary in the wrong ways, you know? And I think um, at that time in my life, I was just figuring so many things out. And then you're kind of dealing with, you know, and you're supposed to show up and just be strong and ready. And, and I was always kind of um, a green person, so to speak. You know, I kind of needed, I needed to always take things away and sort of ruminate and think about them. I, you know, um, so it was just, it was just, interesting well i yeah well you said something kind of under your breath or i was almost talked over you and i which is you said something about just feeling like you deserve to be there so was that a a problem when you were young or a challenge when you were younger in the business to to feel because like i mean that show look i mean for me you know i was talking about green although i'd had other life experiences and i know i didn't come off as green like for david and me it was the very 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 beginning Mm -hmm. and but in a way because it was our even though we weren't the direct because that thing was so much our world we had a certain place in it yes yeah and i i would imagine that writing it you know yeah absolutely by it's like you own it you own it and then you're bringing in you know the, the yeah but for you to walk into that very sort of you know, male, hyperverbal, quick. Well, it is right with yeah. all fucking high. Like you, cause you said, I've heard you talk about this, that you're the kind of person who likes to think about your answer. You, mm -hmm. I've heard you talk about the mm -hmm. thought of directing and you're like, you have to answer a million questions really quickly. And your process is more contemplative perhaps. Right. 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 And Maybe like I literally, get over that, though. I need to get over that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I mean, every person on that show, except doll, except John, all of us were like just hyperverbal, like fast. And yeah. I could, you know, so just talk a little bit about that idea of deserving, feeling like you're there for a reason because it leads to a question I have. So is that something that's conscious to you or became conscious at a certain point to tell yourself that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, 
it's hard to remember that I might have struggled with that in a way. I mean, I just I know that I I think we we all have that kind of imposter syndrome sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it, it it's completely takes you by surprise. You're like, wait, I thought I had this. I thought I was over this by now. And now for some reason, this little situation has triggered this kind of inner anxiety or whatever it is. Um, and so, or it can just be a matter of time. If you don't keep doing it, if you're out of practice, if you feel rusty, and then all of a sudden you're asked to get up and do it, it's, it's can bring that on. So um, at that stage, I think for me, it was, um, you know, I, I had, I also had this wonderful backbone from my mother, you know, that she had instilled, Hey, why not me? You know, she really, um, that was a, that was always a mantra that went over and over in my mind. So that is what kind of always got me there. And I really did think that I should be there. And I, you know, if, if you really ask me and someone else got the gig, I would say, okay, okay. But I'm just as good. It was never a matter oh, that's great. of real, yeah. true belief in myself. It was a matter of um, whatever those voices are when you get in the in the room around maybe around louder voices, you know. Um, and I needed I needed to constantly be filling myself up in that way. And you know, also when you're coming in and you do have a like just a lot of admiration for everybody too. And I think I also think it's hard. It depends on the character you're going to play too. So yes. what's the role? And that role also informs your whole being and, and all of your behavior on set. And so um, being in, a, in some sense, the kind of obstacle from the fun of what he was supposed to do, it kind of also colored that experience. Oh, yeah. Thankless. It, no, that part's no, totally No, I wouldn't thankless. say thankless. I would just say I even like kind of a love interest role, which I've played again and again. And, you know, I, you, you don't want to do it all the time, but it's, there's a, I learned more and I learned from doing that, that you, sometimes you have to understand what your job is in it. And it's not, it, I think I had come out of acting classes thinking it's, you have to look at it as if it's her film too. And, and, but you know, it's sometimes you just have to love them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I come on the goal sheet. Do you I completely I mean? understand that. Of course. Um, yeah, but I, I will get back to, we'll yeah. circle back to, to rounders because I have, I have, I, I mean, David and I have constantly, constantly over the years said, like, if there's any shortcoming in Joe, it's ours, not Gretchen's. And that I, is the, I, I've heard you, I've heard that. I know you felt that way. I don't want you to carry that. <laughs> I do though. I know I do. If anything, it was like um, when we'd originally written that character, she leaves in the middle of the movie and she has a very strong move. And by bringing her, we, we it's, it's structurally and it's also whatever our understanding was as 29 year, year olds trying to write from this certain place. And I've often felt like, yeah, you get to, you know, you've, it's almost like people conflated you with this character who, yeah, like you said, was there to present the life that we don't want the main character to choose. We right. want him to choose. We, the audience, and we, the creators, wanted him to choose something else, you know. Right, right. Um, but you were the perfect person for it. And it's not, you were the exactly the right actress to play the part. And and when 
you know, I, I, no, but I've looked so obs- back. I've looked yeah. back on it too, and I think, and and that's this is what's what I mean about forgiveness and about kind of going back and kind of watching yourself and saying you didn't know everything. And at the time, my approach was one thing, and maybe now, how would I approach it differently? And I like to think about those things. By the way, it might have simply been, hey guys, can we just shoot? a couple extra scene, a couple extra lines here or something, you know what I mean? Which I think at the time I would never have even asked. And that's what I mean about feeling like you deserve to be there is that I realize through the years is that, you know, I think, you know, I always had so much um, awe and just excitement about getting the job and, and that this is such a collaborative business and people want to hear from you and people, you know, not, I, I think you have to, strike your balance. Do you know what I mean? But to- totally. And if it were today, I, Dave and I would completely know to s- talk to you and say, Hey, let's find three moments where she really gets a kick out of him. And she knows right, right. he's awesome. And this is what he's supposed to do. He's wrong for her and for where she's going. But yeah, sh- there's a reason. <laughs> and like, but none of us knew that then it was the beginning. Right. And how exactly. could we, we yeah. were, we didn't know. Here's where I want to first go, because what you said about your place and deserving to be there and sort of like the position in general, you know, that fabled story about you, that's not really true. I've recently thought that like the choice that was made by you and also by like press people really, and the way that the tale was told that you were discovered as a coat check girl at Michael's. Um, it's such an awesome story, but what it, it does disempower it in a weird way. It sets you up as mm-hmm. someone that something happened to mm-hmm. when that's not at all true. Like right. you were in my, at Michael's and yes, somebody said something to you, but you were on the, in the pursuit of this, you were the actor. You, I don't mean like I'm a thespian. You acted, you pushed, you went to William Morris, like, and I think it's important to like, in a weird way, it frames you mm. as a beauty who was like, that's why people always want to say you were modeling and stuff. It's like, it paints you, weird. which isn't true, really. No, it no. paints you as like the beauty who was the coat check girl. It's the who, Lana Turner kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Schwab's. Right, right. Schwab's and like, take not, you know, it, the fact is that I was pursuing it and I had yeah. a job there, but it was lovely that it was lovely that somebody extended after knowing that I was, you know, looking for an agent basically. But um, the story is so funny and muddled. And it's, again, I, you look back and you go, it's charming. You know what I mean? It's charming. And it's also just like of its time. Like we were still there. I don't even think that would happen now. I don't think anyone would stand for it. I don't think any journalist would write it. It was just like the last bastion of this, moment where like i'm gonna make a star and it was the same thing that was happening with like vanity fair covers and again now we have you know instagram and people make themselves so it's not oh uh, yeah the world is different now but it's it's interesting because because you are an artist and you've always been and you've always been an actor and it was easy to paint you i think 
And I just wonder how, when that story started getting propagated, it it was easy for them to paint you as just a um, a beautiful girl who was found, as opposed to someone who had ambition and had worked mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. good at something, mm-hmm. like to get parts, you know, yeah. to get this life. Yeah. Um. And and did it ever? Did, did, was it only later that that sort of like hit Bothered you? Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's oh no! I mean, I I think part of the part of my weird story or my trajectory has been that the cart came before the horse. You know, I'm I was sort of exposed. I was sort of put on the cover of Vanity Fair without these kind of roles to back it up and all of that. So um, I thought about it a lot to, and I was disappointed, but not. But I, I also understood it it wasn't I didn't it was sort of the way of the world you know it just to sort of come in and expect to be able to control the story um I guess I didn't really I didn't really come in with that I was too much focused on trying to be a good actor and that was enough for me I didn't want to try to also then you know of course the magazine's going to say that of course they're going to run that photo because it's going to sell more and all of that and it was um, hard to sort of take at that age the sort of sense that doors open and shut, you know, and oh, yeah. um, and like you have to suddenly find it in yourself. Oh, why am I doing this? Why do? How much do I care about this? This hurts, you know. This is uncomfortable. Um, oh and God, am I going to yeah. keep fighting? But am I going to keep fighting the story or just with my work? Just keep going and. And in a way that, you know, that kind of just made it all stronger and more grounded in me, which was good. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I, I guess I, I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know if I, again, it's one of those things when we talk about feeling like you belong there. Well, sometimes you have to fight a little bit to, to belong there and that was okay, you know? It's weird. I think that's part of, I I tweeted that I was going to have you on the podcast and all these people, tweeted like um immediately back like i hope she knows how great she is like i hope she knows how great the work was on boardwalk i hope she knows that like how great the work is on gigolo and you could feel that they feel but they feel and particularly like people who are actively closely follow me obviously are connected Mm -hmm. to like the whole thing and you could feel that they felt like they were rooting for you because that they followed that whole yeah, trajectory. Yeah. I, I want so do you appreciate that. Yeah. Do you feel that from people that they're like, there's a certain, I mean, maybe it's generational or something, you know, to some people it's like, what? Like, you know, we're in a whole, <laughs> but, but yes, there's also, I do feel, I do feel um, compassion and I feel um, because I think I'm not I'm not so out there, you know, I haven't like shown, Oh, I'm still out there. I'm there. Here's the other side. Here's the other color. I haven't, you know, countered that narrative so much, except hopefully with my work. So I do think I do find people feel for some, I don't know. I think they, I hope they don't feel that I'm vulnerable because I'm, I'm not. No, they feel connect. (laughs) I think they feel connect. No, look, it's also an, um, just such a phenomenal thing that with Boardwalk and now, I mean, I, I'll get to Gigolo because the work you're doing on that, oh. I mean, 
Holy shit. Uh, it's really special. I mean, so, so hard and, and, um, I mean, so technically hard on certain levels and, um, to have to carry the, her through everywhere she's been is really, I mean, that's a real achievement, you know? And, um, I'm sure it was really daunting when you decided to actually say yes to that. It must've been like, holy fuck, how am I going to do this? There was a lot of anxiety around, around figuring her out because it wasn't, um, I, I mean, it just wasn't really like on the, you know, this is the hard thing about these shows and television is that it, um, it's not always there right away and, and not, it doesn't feel like it's been sorted out almost either, you know, so you really do have to ground it yourself and make some real decisions yourself in order to do it. Um, and hopefully that thread is picked up on or, um, things become clear, but that was, a, that was the challenge for sure. I mean, even the choice, which I know you were involved in talking about, even the choice, the first wig you put on and then the way the wig looks when you walk down outside the first uh, time and the difference in that and the difference in that, all that stuff, it's yeah. like really so specific. Uh, um, and it really reads, Amy and I were watching and, you know, she's a filmmaker too. And we're watching and just both just blown, really just like so happy and blown away. I'm also, that is a hard show. Jesus Christ, you guys went to a place on that show. It is so hard it's to watch. So, yes, yeah, it it's is. It's so sad. I mean, and I mean, everyone should watch it. It's really yeah. worth it, but holy shit. <laughs> I mean, it's not your uh, fun, glib kind of, you know, we're not getting like the narcissist American gigolo that was kind of fun to be around. <laughs> no, it's really you can, different. You can't indulge those. No, I know. It's pretty... Um, it's d definitely different. Um, but it's great uh, to have something that's not glib at all. It's not glib. Yeah. Um, and it sits in its unpleasantness in a way. Uh, yeah. It is. It's a real point of view. Um, and I think it's an interesting one to explore the sexual trauma, um, especially from a male perspective. I think that in and of itself is is worth worth the pain. Yeah. No, um, that, that makes sense. It, it is. All right, let's let's switch gears for a second and talk. I have a bunch of questions about like the earlier part of your of your your life. Like you mentioned your mom, and I know she was um an art teacher, right? Yeah. She was an artist and she taught for for years, for 26 years, yeah. Did she teach like what level did she teach? She taught like AP, she taught high school, but it was like a high school for arts for, you know, so it was in Norwich, Norwich Free Academy, and it was college level courses. And um, but she she was an artist as well. And um yeah, I have a lot of her artwork that I ruminate over <laughs> daily. I'm sure. Kind of meditate over because um I, she's she's just been always such an inspiration to me, and now she's more like in me. I feel now that oh, she. I, passed, yeah, so. I'm sorry. I know yeah. mom did too. My mom passed too, and yeah, it's oh, so. I'm sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it's thank you. I'm sure she was very proud of you, and yeah, it's great they got to see the work. And um, having an uh, an artist or art teacher, it can go a couple different ways as a kid. So I'm wondering, mm -hmm. like, were you encouraged to play in those ways at home? Did she? 
were materials around? Were there other art forms that grabbed you before performing grabbed you? Um, or was there, were there with the paintbrushes like put away when she got home? Like, how did that work? Oh, no. I mean, she was, she was the artist and it was a part of everything she did. And, um, and I remember I, I was even a little jealous of her students because they got, she loved them so much. And, um, and I would see their artwork come through the house and I could understand, I saw that she had this connection. So I remember trying that out for a bit, you know, and, and wanting her to teach me and, and we would have these little sessions and it was so hard, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just so hard for me to take criticism from her. Oh, and course. so I didn't end up going down that road, but I all on the side, I was always doing this other thing too. I mean, I, I, this, the sort of performing thing started very young in me. And I don't know exactly where it came from because it's true. My mom and my brother, my brother's a film editor. were both in these art forms that are much more um, interior in a way. Well, no, that's not true. I would say acting is very interior, but um, not, you know, putting it out there and, and, uh, well, the final expression of acting is an outwardly yes. directed thing, right? Even yes. with the inter interior work. So yes. it's different yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, I heard you say, I listened to that Bobby Brown interview you did. And oh. um, I was, I was, she asked, that was great. I, I listened to it. And um, you talked about, and it's so interesting because in your career, you, in the end, you don't take up the space in that way where you, but you said like, you really wanted to be at the center when you were young. Mm, mm-hmm. And so was that the first sort of impetus for it was like, wait a sec, for some reason I want the spotlight on me. Was yeah. that a discovery that you made about yourself? I think it was. I mean, I, I don't think I, it wasn't conscious at that age. Um, I didn't sort of go, oh, look at this. I'm doing this and this. Um, but I did whenever there were shows or whatever it was, I did want the lead or I thought, you know, I was I was competitive um, for those things. And then I and I do remember seeing you know, a girl that was a little bit older than me and what she was doing. And I was just like, you know, I heard her sing and I was like, I want to, I want to do that. And so I started, you know, asked my mom to take singing lessons and started, you know, I loved dancing. So it was just always a, a way, a, you know, way of expression for me. Um, and it was my way of play. You know, I used to kind of Pretend, I mean, Olivia Newton-John. I I used to listen to her Like music. to Grease? Were you listening to like the no, Grease album? And it was Grease and it was physical and all of that. And I would I would sort of pretend that I was um, going out on, about to go on stage. So I put a little box outside of my awesome. door with the clothes awesome. in it for that night. So it was all some idea of something um that would come to pass actually. And well, you were really like alive in your imagination. Like you had like a full fertile imaginary life. It sounds like. I did. And then I had a brother who had a super eight camera and was filming everything and he was making movies. And, um, and so we were in on it together. I, I didn't always want to do the things that he wanted to do, but we would kind of, you know, we would kind of collaborate together and um, yeah, he, yeah. Gosh, I mean, I remember him asking me to do just those things, series of cleaning up the room and fast and playing with, you know, fast motion and all of that. So it was just in and around, it was in and around that kind of creative play. We used to take a cassette tape and record, you know, Wonder Woman, the the show, Linda Carter. Yeah. And then like take it back and put on the underoos, put on the red socks and 
run around and be uh, be Wonder friend. Woman or whatever. Yeah, do this, you know, the whole thing and like act it out. And and you love that. Did you loved being like getting to be another person or act out? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's really just- fascinating because like not to be like the way like uh, all uh, Elvis Mitchell, who's my favorite, um, but mm-hmm. like it is when something I've noticed in like all your work and it's funny to me because it came from, like you say, this place originally of wanting to be Olivia Newton-John. But one thing that from if I think about Boardwalk and I think even about Rounders, but even in your fr- even in Brasco, like um, a big part of what you do, I think, is take in other people. Like is your ability to in a weird way. And maybe it came from, I don't know where it came from originally wanting to be at center, but I noticed that you are always in character, really trying to take in what's going on Hmm. in the other character, in the room, in the environment, processing Hmm. it through that prism. But I I see it and I see the camera gets drawn to you in these moments, like, and it gets edited to you very often where you're taking someone in and then we're kind of seeing that person through the way you're seeing them. And I, I um, think you have a, you. yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that must be a part of your process to just really watch and listen and be there. Well, you know, the Bill Esper studio and the Meisner technique, and it's, it is a kind of default of just listen, just be there and listen because you'll always get your next moment if you're paying attention in that way. And, um, maybe that i think that really that i can remember calling an acting teacher in the midst of working on a movie and saying i I'm just not sure what this moment is or what it's going to be or what it wants to be and she said just look in just look in his eyes and yeah you know and it's true that that will bring you alive you know um if you really do that i see it i mean in these different moments in american gigolo where someone says something and the way you look at them, just seeing you take it in, even when they're just, it's just their form before they speak, it kind of tells us a lot. It's really yeah. fascinating. And I don't, I don't know how conscious it is that, but it is a really um, kind of an arresting thing about how you do what you do. Cause as you're watching, it feels like you're watching with your, your whole being. It's really, oh, uh, yeah, hey. it's really, well, yeah. I hope I get, I hope, I feel like through time probably, and that seems like that's a way of relaxing almost into the scene, you know? <laughs> yes. That breathing. No, it is. That's that breathing thing of like, yeah. well, I don't have to, because per- I guess what I'm, tr- thing is, it's kind of the opposite of performing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, so Right. Hard. It, yeah, yeah. Right. It's so hard <laughs> not to perform and it kind of is like, like just being there and. And trusting. Take- Trusting that you've done the work, trusting that you know what the scene is and that you know you have an idea about it and you don't have to act, always try to get out of the way and not act it and um, hoping that you're working with people who will recognize that, you know, when that happens, because it's such a subtle thing. I mean, I do. It can't be. on. It's hard to get it on every take, but. That kind of I I think of it as like a flow state or something when you're like I think that was okay but like there's some other little subconscious thing that happens in the best the best version of that you know oh yeah I completely it is like the thing that I mean I've said this on the pod a few times but when you're writing I mean I'm sure your mm-hmm. husband's a, a writer director and really talented person I'm sure he's articulated this too like you know there are these times when you do 
are writing and it's the opposite of forcing it or trying to say something clever. Like, like it kind of just happens and then you look up and you've written three pages and you don't really know how. And that's always the best thing is when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've done, like you said, yeah. Well, yeah, right. What you said is so key. It's like you've done the work. I and you've just done the work ahead of time, so that when yeah. you're there, you're not grinding at any of yes. it. Yeah, yeah. And there is a grinding state for sure, but you want to make sure it's <laughs> happened somewhere else, hopefully. And yeah, I try not to bring it to the to the set. That's why I really like to be, you know, prepared ahead. And I hate. I. I it's hard for me when people want to change it up and rewrite and stuff right on the day, which I think is also, you know, you can get great work out of that for sure. Or if the scene isn't there for sure, you need to do that sometimes, but it's, um, I, I feel as an actor, like that, that like brings me down a bit because I can't, it's harder for me to try. Like, again, it's probably the way, way I process things. Like I said, I like to take it away and think about it a little bit and then come back. And, you know, not everybody has the patience for that. No, because there's a, there are some people who love, like have a certain kind of facility so that they love that getting thrown at them. It gets them out of their head and they can totally, totally. And there are people who thrive in that. Yeah. Um, Yep. And they can do wonderful work, like deep work. It's not just that Absolutely. their work is glib yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm with you in that I rarely think that the thing is better in a drama if you're if you're really unless you're David Milch and you're just mm-hmm. a super genius who can mm-hmm. sort of manufacture it. So I I I I, I agree. Uh, one other thing about your about your childhood, and I wonder if this part of like. You're, the pressure you put on yourself to be kind of like a good soldier early on is like you're mm. a principal's kid also, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I've never heard you ask this or seen, so I'm going to ask you like, was there like a pressure attached to that and how you had to comport yourself in public? And when you were a kid, were there behavioral expectations um, put on you? Oh, such a good question. Um, I, I don't, I felt like my parents were kind of loose and that my and my parents were divorced when I was 10. So there was not that dual attention. I mean, I look at our kids, I look at my kids now and I'm like, the breakfasts they get are like from a hotel. It's like, you know, there's just so much more attention than than I had growing up. So um yeah. if anything, I don't think it was so much there wasn't that rigidness from my parents. It was I think I was always trying to keep things. um, I just think I was trying to keep things okay because there was a lot of for for Uh me when that divorce happened, it kind of like threw things out of out of control and things had been sort of really nice and lovely before I thought before that. And then, you know, so it was a blindsidedness. Oh, you were blindsided by your parents divorce. I I was. I mean, they used to argue and fight, but um I, I was, I was, I think I had a, like a, I was sort of, sort of a, I mean, you know, a kind of a loss of innocence in that time, you know, and, of course. um, and then I was like a sensitive, per, like sensitive. So I didn't, it just impacted in a way that then, and I also, my mom was always working really hard and coming home and teaching and coming home and leaving early for work. So I always felt like I wanted things to be easier for her. 
And I think that was, that's part of my like hitting my mark thing. Oh yeah. And that completely I, makes sense. Yeah. It's just a kind of, you know, and I still do it and I, I do it. I also find, you know, like I, I'm just a person that likes to show up and do the job. I don't want to be boring about it or not explorative or not improvisational, but I also, I do get aggravated by when people want to like sit around and, you know, shoot the shit for hours about this. I'm like, let's just do it. It's already a 12 hour day. Like I just, I, the other parts of my life I want to be there for, you know? And so I always, I like, I like to keep things simple a little bit. I mean, you just said a lot actually like about yourself, but also about, I mean, this is the wonderful thing about being a working artist for as long as you have been at the top of your game. And and I think also a wonderful thing about like, you know, a lot of people in their late forties is when it, it, they've that like the best moments have passed, but for you, you're obviously on this really great high of work that's been going for a long time mm-hmm. where people really want to work, but like knowing kind of how you want the creative environment to be for yourself, like, and being mm-hmm. able to talk about that. Yeah. Right? Like when you have a yeah. meeting with a director or a showrunner now before taking a part, I imagine you can have the kind of conversation that you could never have had with John Dahl or Woody or anyone sure. at the beginning yeah. or Mike, you know, um, the, the Brasco director, um, mm-hmm. Mike Newell, Mike like Newell. you couldn't have had those conversations probably then where now you could, cause I agree with you. Like I, the preparation thing, please mm-hmm. everybody, the way we work, please be prepared. Like, Mm-hmm. We're going to have the script written ahead of time. You're going to mm-hmm. get it way in advance. You did your work, so you do yours. Yeah. I'm not going to jam you. I'm never going to yeah. jam you with a script late. And yeah. as a result, I would love it if any questions you have, let's do it all ahead of time. And let's do it. Like, yeah. let's really dive in ahead of time. And I'm there. Yes. But on the day, let's all have our, let's all be ready to go. Let's, do, <laughs> yeah. Let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Um, absolutely. And I also, for me too, I'm not, as you can probably tell talking to me, like I'm not a, a talker talker. Like I don't, it's not, I have it all in and I just want to do it. And I want to see if I can do it. A lot of it is I'm going to just sit sit around and be a little anxious. And I, if it's a stall tactic or some, it is some people's process, but for me, I like to do it in the action of doing it makes me see, oh, we need we maybe you're right. Maybe we do need to do something over oh, here. Totally, of course. Uh, yeah. of, of course, if we're all um, prepared, yeah, th- then we'll all we can all steer the ship, right. and we can of yeah. course go. Oh, that moment, we should. Those two lines don't need to be there. Let's just cut them, mm-hmm. and let's find something. Like, then it's really that's like kind of the pleasure of the cre- yeah. being alive in the creative work of it, right? Right, right, totally. And you save you save time and energy too. Um, which I think is a big thing to learn when you're, you know, starting out too, is sort of the conservation of energy and how your own energy works. And, and I do, like you said, it's interesting that you said, you know, now you can have the conversation with a showrunner. The truth is I really like to come into somebody's world. That's what I love about being an actor. And the reason I'm not a director is because I like the different experiences. You know, I loved being in Abel Ferrara's chaotic world and then you know somebody else is really more 
just cerebral world. I remember with Mary Heron, you know, with Betty Pate, it was just, you, we didn't talk about, we did some talking in the beginning, but once on set, she was, she was looking at the shot and I wasn't, I wasn't going to get a ton of feedback unless it wasn't good, you know, and I just had to trust that. And so any kind of part of me that was like, after uh, a compliment at the end of the day, I had to let that go. And I, I actually really enjoy those challenges. Like I, I like having to kind of um, figure out, but then the ones that are sort of wasted energy, I, that's when I get aggravated. I, I can't believe you got to work with Abel Ferrar. That, I mean, I saw yeah. the, Dave and I, I happened to see like an, a screening of the funeral. It was before we really, like that was before, what year was that? 97 or something? 90, yeah, that was pre- before rounders, right? That was 96. Right? That was yeah, 96. So like I got to see that. I remember a weird screening of it and just being blown the fuck away by what he what his vision of how dark that movie was and yes. was I mean, yeah, what an experience that must oh, have been to go from the insanity of I mean Brasco and I I know what some of those people were like at that time. I mean, what mm -hmm. an incredible movie, but and mm -hmm. and Abel, I mean that was a what an incredible run for the beginning of your career. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was very alive and very um, kind of shocking and, and exactly kind of what I was, was sort of so hungry for, you know, just some really wild New York kind of experience. Like it felt like this is why I'm in New York and not in, in LA. It just felt like you wouldn't have those, I mean, you wouldn't get those particular kinds of experiences. Oh, I don't want to mention Betty Page without mentioning. I just that Chris Bauer was your co-star in that, yes, wasn't? Yes. Who I love one I of love. the great. Oh, and on the wire, he was just phenomenal. Yes, and just he spoke. So I remember he, we we worked with Chris in the early two thousands and have been buds ever since. And like yeah. he spoke so highly of you oh. and the experience of working with you. So it must have been good to be have him to turn to when if if you weren't getting a certain kind of feedback and no it Chris did. was there. Yeah. And I didn't really, you know, to be honest, I was fine. And once I realized that that was the way it was, it, I, you just kind of like dial that part of yourself in and that's okay. Um, again, it's like saying, okay, but I did the work and this is it. This is, there's a job to do here. And, um, yes. and so, but yeah, and everybody, uh, all of the actors you're in that world. And it's also kind of nice not to be, I, I, I liked Mary's style and I liked this sort of, uh, I would, it, it wasn't like withholding, it wasn't withholding, but it wasn't gush gush either. And I kind of liked working in that environment. Sure. I mean, you are from Connecticut after all. So. <laughs> you can, you're okay with the sort, sort of, of patrician. Yes. A little <laughs> less, a little of the less of the ebullient sort of yes. New York. Oh, you're a genius. You, you could do without some of that. I like that too, though. <laughs> you want both. Yeah. yeah. You brought up New York and I had this question to ask you, which is like, what were, how would you have framed your ambitions when you were leaving high school and going to work, you know, that, um, going to performing or, mm -hmm. uh, the school you went to mm -hmm. after high school? Yeah. I mean, what were your, what would you have said to your best friends then were your ambitions? Like what, what did you hope would, would happen? What were you after? The weird thing is I went to this American musical and dramatic Academy. I thought that I would do musical theater because when I was in high school, that was kind of all 
there was around me in a very small town. Oh, you all I, didn't do plays in your school? You just did musicals? A, there were plays, but it just wasn't, um, I just didn't have that. It seems, I mean, I, I don't know. It was. It's funny because my mom was an educator. My father was a school principal, but nobody said, you have to go to college, you know? And I wish in a way that they had because, and I did, in fairness, I did audition at Juilliard and I just had no experience. I had, I was, they must've been like, it was, I mean, if I could go back and hug that girl who did Medea, I mean, right. oh, I mean, you know, it was just, I was so, I had no um, background. I had really no one that I hadn't spoken to anyone really about it in a deep way. So it was all just like ideas. And then I came and studied um, musical theater. And I realized really quickly once I finished that, and I, I could have gone on and gotten my degree at that point, but I, I started, I did sort of start working right away, but um, at, it was. Was your ambition to be in, did you think you were going to be brought, like was Broadway your ambition? If you, if I would have asked you when you were, you know, 17, 18 and doing that, and I would have been like, what are you doing? What's the thing? Yes, would you I have said I, I want to said, sing yes, on I, Broadway? Broadway, Broadway, which once I got in that world, I realized that's not who I am. My, there was my brother at NYU and he was do, making films and I realized that's huh. more where I am. But I think I'd always expressed myself by singing and, and stage. So I, I just didn't know. I just didn't know the first thing. I mean, um, but I, it was good to have that experience and it was good to have the dance and it was the singing because you get, you get to know, you know, you get more physically in your body. And I think as time goes on, you find yourself using those things. That oh, you of learn. course. Do you um, sing around that? Do you sing around the house still? Yes. Yes. You do? I do. Yeah. I'm really trying to get back in touch with that part of myself. Um, because yeah, I, mean, I, I love, play guitar and sing. I love to do Broadway now. Yeah. Yeah. I play guitar and sing all the time. Right you now. do. It's like a fool. Just like, yeah, of course. No, not, you're not a not fool though. I bet you, you know, sound beautiful. And I think but it's that's, so important. You know, that's what, you, yeah. So you, do you play anything? Just I don't, I don't, I don't play. I, I play YouTube karaoke videos. You do. I was going to ask if you do karaoke at home. And there's a part of my kitchen that has like great acoustics. So I sound so good. Somebody should just come. I should just have a little audience <laughs> do your kids sing? do your kids sing um they my son is a good musician and he's a drummer and um he has a great singing voice but he's sort of shy about it so well when it's you're not, not when out you're, yet when you're 15 that's yeah really normal like yeah 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 it, but, at a certain point you'll say I mean, yeah i yeah it's a weird thing singing's a weird thing to sing yeah for, for people and it's some people so just it's very, I talk about physiology. It's very hard. Um, it's very vulnerable to, to do that and to have it all connect and to have it all come out the way you intend when nerves kick in. It's like, so that's kind of actually what I'm, I'm sort of trying to work through that right now a little bit, because I feel like as time, I've always had that problem. That was also pr my problem with studying musical theater was that people had these powerhouse voices that I was studying with. And, and I would always be fine in the room with just the pianist. But oh, then yeah. as soon as I had to perform, it was like I would get hives and, and all this nonsense. So, oh yeah. The difference between even just finding the first, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I've never like finding the first note 
alone is the easiest thing in the world. Like I, I'm so I'm not a good singer, but I can completely mm-hmm. sing on key. Like I, I'm yeah. perfectly fine. I can totally yes. sing on key. I bet you have a great point. No, so I can say totally sing on key. But you know, when I have to play for somebody, I could easily just be like a half a step off because yeah, I it's the nerves. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. To control the breathing, I completely yeah. um, understand. You got to have but you. I know any- you me- you meditate. Yeah, it's all it's something in the, in this getting yourself in this state prior, and again, whatever the you know, it's it is it, you can do it. It's do you meditate? Try to work through. I have been working on it. So I should I just say yes? No, it's hard. No, so, but not TM. You do a different kind. What do you do? No. Just, just breathing and just taking the time and and I very, very kind of rudimentary. Taking oh, the off, time. off, off yeah. podcast. We can talk about this because mm-hmm. I can. TM is really good and easy to learn. Um, I, and I can get Help you me. a good teacher. I mean, not me, but I can. Um, Gretchen, so you you start doing the audition. You're auditioning, and I I, I have a question about this. How did you deal with? the kind of powerlessness of being a young actor auditioning in New York. I, I always feel like, it, especially for a woman, especially at that time, like mm. what did it, I mean, I could see in some sense it might feel like being blown in the wind across the city. And I, mm. I just wonder if like what your self-talk was at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. What, it's all What about- was your self-talk? It was always different for each thing, I guess. Um, but I was just, I think, you know, you, you forget also at that age how much blind excitement and desire to do the thing that you want to do and love to do and have had some slight exposure to, and you could taste it. And that just carried me. That carried me. I mean, oh, interesting. I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to be in that room so badly. You know, I remember just being thrilled going up to Abel Ferrara's loft and just yes. to be in the environment it it to be in the environment of an artist and you could just feel it. And so all of all of those experiences, Spike Lee was the first real film. Yes. You know, just to be around it. I my expectations in a way for myself were so low. You know, because I just wanted to What do you to mean? Be- I mean to say I was just happy with whatever the role was or you know it just I just wanted to be around Christopher Walken and Annabelle yes. Schuyler and, and Isabella Rossellini you know I I remember that actually though to to I will say that I had turned down a role the role of a girl who just who gets raped that was the role in that for funeral and um and he offered that to me after and you me, said no and I said I I don't want to do that so again there were these times along the way where you say no and then all of a sudden lily taylor had fallen out i think of playing that third uh right the third wife and and so that role came available and he kind of threw me in and um you know so those that's how those things happen at that time but and when you wouldn't vince gallo's in that too isn't he yes yeah. Oh, he's so disturbing yeah. in that movie. Oh that was God. the first time I ever saw him, I think. And I, because I remember being like, who the fuck is that dude? I know that face, the face. I, yeah. I was yeah. like, what is that? I, I remember <laughs> being blown away by him. And I've only seen that movie once then. I saw it that screening and that's it. I got to revisit it because I've watched Just a lot of his wild. other movies. Yeah. Um, 
many times. You know, I've watched a few of his movies multiple like times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And King of New York, you know, the King mm -hmm. of New York or whatever, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, what when you wouldn't get parts though, would you go into a funk over it, or were you good at letting it roll off your back? I think compared to some, I was good at letting it roll off. I think you have to be, or people would, you know go home or get different jobs or do other things. Like you, I would see through over the time that people who I thought were so talented just decide to do something else or find their way into the managing position at the restaurant or whatever it was. And, and um, because I think it was, it's really, really hard. And for some reason um, I would get pissed or, or upset or feel like, well, that was the, that was the crossroads and it didn't happen. Therefore, you know, I, would I, would, I would go there but then I would always come back. No, but that, that's my question. So I get that. That's very intellectual, good answer. But were, <laughs> were you, but like, would you go right into that mode quickly or, or would you ever feel bad? Cause like, you know, I, um, we all have to self-talk in this, in oh, any well, kind of artistic think, life, but would you yeah. ever feel the sadness of it? Absolutely. Yes. Yes many sadnesses, many broken yes. heart experiences. And, um, but I, but the, yes. But then at that time, I always felt like there were enough other things and there would be another one. Like there was just so much more activity at that time than well, there is say now. Yeah. Well, that, that makes are, sense. You know, and it was just so, so it was a, like a very alive time where I believed somewhere i had this like belief that that it would happen um but i would get down um but not deeply i i, I don't know i i don't yeah you were able to roll through you would just yeah. you were able to just like not internalize it it sounds like yes and again i well yeah and then i think but i do think like over time being in this business as as life gets more serious and um it is hard. It almost is harder now sometimes than it, it was then. That's what I mean. I had to kind Say of Say like, more about that. What do you mean? You mean if there's a part you really want and they're like, they went with someone else now, it's more of a blow to you than when you were young. I think so. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's, I have to, I've had an ability to sort of disconnect. You'd have to do that. I mean, the best thing about having about now is that I have a very full, a full life. So yes. I don't have time. I mean, my kids, I, they don't give a shit. You know, it's like, I'm not going to bring that to the dinner table. Well, mom, do you get the, you know, it's like, really, it's so boring. I mean, I mean a lot not, of people would bring that to the dinner table, right? I mean, a lot would, of people would I, bring that to the dinner table. Yeah. So you made a choice. It sounds like you've made a choice not to bring that drama to the dinner table. I have. And it's just, I just, again, maybe it's about making space at the table but that's even in my own life, how I, I navigate through, which is I can handle this on my own. I don't need to, you know, I mean, look, there's times and things when you're disappointed and all of that, of and it is what it is. And, but, but in general, you know, I got this, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I well, okay. So before just in our uh, like last few minutes, which we, we have a couple things about in the shadow of the experience of making rounders um, mm -hmm. together. One thing about being, you know, for me, I was more green than you. You'd done a few things, but it was one of the first kind of lead roles, I think, that you had mm -hmm, in some, something. Sure. Or then Celebrity was right after, I think, right? And that um, wasn't a lead role. I mean, really, they, were, they weren't big roles, yeah. Right. But you were on the, I mean, you were on the poster. I 
was on the poster. Yes. Yes, you were on the poster. Yes, and, I was. <laughs> you know, for whatever that's like. So you were. No, it's um, true. It's true. And I guess one of the things that happened during that movie, like I'll tell you, like I was so green that like the first day, you weren't on the first day we were shooting in um, under the bridge in Brooklyn and the two bridges and um, in Dumbo. And it was like, I thought I was, as a screenwriter, I had to be, I got to be cool. So I wore like this thin leather jacket and these thin boots and it was like 21 <laughs> degrees out. And I was just so cold. I had this leather jacket and these boots and Matt came up to me and he goes, like rule number one on a movie set is never be cold. Like there are these people, these wardrobe people, they can give you boots and they can give you a jacket. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh, oh no, I'm cool, man. I'm fine. And so you're like, I look, I, but don't I look cool? I'm this great. But I was like, one of the things that happened during that movie is we all watched Matt become a superstar mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was not known at the beginning of the movie and Good Will yeah. Hunting came out in the middle of it. What was that like? Like, did did any did you absorb any of that during the swirl of it? And did it yeah. impact? It had an impact on me watching this kind of rocket ship take off in our midst. Yeah, um, yeah. I still love the guy to this day. I'm we're friends, and I oh he's such a loyal, great person. But watching that happen, I can't it. I'm just wondering, did it hit you in 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 some way? Um, I just remember, oh God, I think he was getting the nomination. Like he got a, a, a nominated for the Oscar when we were shooting, and I remember um, being in the makeup trailer and just all. I, I felt like it was kind of one thing after another that it was just it's happening, it's happening, and he was so excited, but he was always so level and that was so impressive to me was like he was so he had probably you know so much going on and he just took it in stride and also with humility and gratitude that's what i remember about him and i didn't get to know him that well but there was just this kind of like um uh calm this is this is like where he was meant to be and it was happening and and i didn't think you know, he was like, yeah, you know, excited, but it was just very cool to see that happen for someone that it sort of seems like that was the way that was already written for him. That's so fast. Yeah. And I think you just pointed something out, which yeah, definitely impact had like an effect was for all that craziness and like Matt's time being so impossible then. And Mm -hmm. I mean, all of us having to go shoot at three in the morning that night because he was doing Letterman. (laughs) Like we had to actually show up with Vernon Jordan at three in the morning together, all of us. Right. We did. Uh, That was our call time was 3 a.m. And um, you were there. All of us were there together. Uh, But like the humanity, like he would still, when we were there, he still was like. Totally present. Present and looking everyone in the eye and being a part of it. Yeah. But so let's talk a little bit about resiliency. It's one of the things I'm most fascinated about. Look, I've had, you know, we're, we're both talking to each other on like later in our careers where we kind of are who we are in the, in the business and understand mm-hmm. it. But along the way, congratulations to you, by the way. Oh, thank on you. Every, I mean, you just really billions. You've just done such thank you. stuff. That's been, yes. Well, you know, but this is the thing, like, thank you. I'll take that in. And I really do like, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all, like all of it. Um, thing is like the, what happened to you? Rounders is only in theaters three weeks. They want to protect Matt, so they pull it. 
you're on the cover of Vanity Fair. It, you were compared to like the year before when Matt was on the cover of Vanity Fair, which wasn't fair because he had done all these lead roles. He'd written this movie. It was like he was in a very different position than you were in, Absolutely. as you say. Yeah. Like he was on the cover of Vanity Fair because he'd finally, in a way of working and working, he'd he'd finally kind of really done this thing that right. put him there, right? I knew yeah. you, you, at the time even you felt weird about it. And how did you, how did you manage through the kind of difficult, because I remember when that movie was a bomb in the theaters before it became this thing that may, means mm -hmm. so much to so many people. Mm -hmm. Dave and I had a very perilous few years of figuring out how we were going to find our footing, but it wasn't as public, mm. you know, and, and yeah. then the movie started to like have this life, which then we were able to ride. You couldn't. And so right. I, 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 what did you, how did you pick the pieces up and, and stay with this? Like in a granular way, what were you saying to yourself and, 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 and how did you start to climb mm -hmm. back in a way. Mm -hmm. I would be lying if I didn't say I was so like hurt. It was so hard um, in that yeah. moment. Um, but uh. I, because I mean, and it was good. It was good to have to analyze it and figure it out and realize what was my, what, what was my actual part in this? Uh. What was my role in this? What am I responsible for? What am I, what am I complicit? You know, all of it. What, again, when didn't I use my voice to just, you know, stand up for myself. There was a lot of, a lot of that conversation. Um, and, and really then it just became about rebuilding, rebuilding, because I had thought, I realized I was someone who was enjoying my trajectory and wow. was proud of my trajectory wow. at that point and, was, and, and thought it was, it was pretty damn good, but this other thing took it out of context and I wasn't then allowed to kind of keep building. Oh, right. You were like, I got a job and a job and I worked and I'm getting better. And yeah, I'm like, I'm, now I'm the um, love interest and next I can be that. And then suddenly yeah. your image got blown up. Yeah. It was like, you know, and the, who is that person? It didn't feel like me. It didn't, it was like this other thing over there. So it didn't, I couldn't even relate to it. So I, um, it was good though. I, I, I mean, I remember saying I will take, you know, I did, I did, uh, uh, for like, I took a real low pay for some job that was, we were shooting. It turned out to be, um, with Josh Brolin who was doing, it was like a, but I mean, it was, what were we doing? What was it? It was, um, a Hallmark TV movie or something. But I mean, right after you just were like, I'm taking this job. Well, and I think he got, it was like, he was getting paid for it because for him, it was like, this is not a great job. I'm getting paid for it. And right. I was like, you don't even have to pay me. I'll just show up and, and, and I just want to work. And I just need to keep, I need to work. And then they were, I mean, I remember the producers sort of how poorly I, they sort of treated me too, because they, I felt like they thought they could because I oh. was a little bit desperate in a way, but um, female producer, by the way, but um, I just had to keep going. And then the thing that sort of changed that, that part of that story was when um, Neil Labute called to yeah. do a play in London. Yes. And I was like, what? So out of the blue and the experience of being a out of this out of the United States and sort of in this different world in this you know kind of taking it somewhere else not Hollywood not movies and just having this experience that definitely 
that empowered me and reminded me of being an actor and what I loved. And, um, and, and then it happened to be a great, greatly received thing over there. And then it came to New York and we did it in New York. And so it just, that was the thing that changed. And were you, were, were, well, I remember all of that and he's a great writer and um, he's, we did an episode of the podcast a long time ago. It's really good. Neil. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> yeah, you'll like it. Um, did you have a moments during that where you wondered if it was all going to continue or did you have confidence that it, that it was? No, I thought I might not. That was, I think the first time that I thought I might not be able to work again and as in the way that I want to work. All I right. wanted to do was be with work with great people and with smart people, creative people. And, um, and so it was, I was really concerned, but again, it's really great when you don't have children and you don't have any, anyone depending on you because you can keep fight. You really can keep fighting. Um, totally. And uh, I guess it made, you know, do the deep down thing of, do I really want this? And your answer was, yes, I need it. Yes. Yeah. That was the other thing was, well, I mean, I remember my mom would say things like, you don't have to do this, honey. And you don't have to, you know, cause it would, it was, but no, I loved to be an actor. You know, I love to act. I, the other stuff I just did. And that was the other good thing about it was that it got really clear to me that I don't care about this other shit. Like, I don't care how popular I am or, I mean, of course I, I, you want people to like your work and you want people to see your work, but um, I didn't care. I think it was good to stop worrying so much about what everybody thought because all of a sudden you can't, you realize like, I can't even start this conversation. Well, yeah, it's not in your control, but, but also yeah. Gretchen, it's how we make our living. So that other part of it is you gotta, you're like it, your ability to support yourself and your, family, yeah. you know, was yeah. at stake. Right. I mean, that is well, another sort of the anger around it didn't really come and come to until in a way, I mean, it's always been there. I've always had sort of an anger about, about it, about just the business, just the way the business functions and how much, how it is for women compared to men and yes, um, putting me on that cover and what business did anybody have doing it? And then to do it in the way that it was like, I was practically naked and I thought it was going to be airbrushed. And so there were so many things along the way mm -hmm. that, were um you know go in the <laughs> go in the book later yes but, but, I mean, uh, but you found a way to fucking keep going and yeah yeah and to be honest i didn't know what else to do when did you know you were when did you know you were all right like when did you know it was going to be all right i think it was when i was there in we london came back to new york with the labute play back, you think came back to new york and um and then we did the play here and i just felt like the, you know, I felt like I was filling up again. It was, I was filling up again. Oh, and, um, that's great. And yeah. And, and then I think, you know, along the way it kind of ebbs and flows too. And it, you know, but you can't base your happiness on where you are in your career. You know, um, you will be a, not a happy person. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I love the highs are so high and, and so fun, but what's happening, you know, around you in a home in your daily life is where it's at. You know? And I, I, it's totally completely true. And I circle back to the thing you said 
that we talked about at the beginning, which is it's 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 nice for me to hear from you that you can tell that people are rooting for you and are happy for you and like are glad like that's like that are they see you in something like you know killing it in boardwalk as you did and then um seeing you in american gigolo in this role where you're really so important there's only i've seen the four there's only four episodes but you know you're Mm -hmm. so far but how important you are in that show and how much of that show is through your prism in a way it's really cool oh thank you thank you i know i haven't been able to watch it because it was a hard one it was hard to make actually it was that that i heard rosie talk about it a little bit and i'm about how hard it was to make yeah yeah the takeaway is you really do need leadership you know and so what you do with with billions and and these these times when you're on jobs where you really do feel that support and that um voice that clear clarity that somebody that that's so important you know Um, yeah we all try we we all try we all sometimes fail at it but we do mm -hmm. our you know we all just do the best we can to do it over it's all look and i i guess i would and thanks for that yeah i mean this billions thing we have this cast is really it's really incredible group of people and our crew we've kept most of the crew together the whole time and there is something about that level of consistency that's oh my gosh it's so beautiful yeah huge. it's family it's family and i mean you're really connected to these yeah people in a way and and that's a really big deal and it's kind of what makes you want to show up and be prepared i mean i you know you don't want to jam these i, I don't want to yeah know, i don't want to get a phone call from somebody from maggie sif like how come there's no script i would just feel i would just feel terrible <laughs> i understand how that happens but i would feel terrible uh, and I, I leave it. Uh, I want to say to you, like Dave and I would have nobody else play that part, and uh, of Joe, and uh, you know, I, that's why, as you know, that's why I always say it. Like anything, the move that movie is what it is for people because of every single actor on screen in it, and like Joe had to serve a certain purpose. You did yes. it. Yeah, and I and, love Joe. I love right. Joe. She Me was too. earnest, and she just wanted to be a lawyer, and she just wanted him to. Get it together. Somebody said to me online today, they're like, did, did she become a lawyer? I was like, Joe, yeah. The, the one thing you could be sure of is that Joe became a lawyer. Gretchen Mile rules. Thank you for doing this. Um, you can find Gretchen on Instagram. You do post on Instagram. You're there. Occasionally, yeah. You show yeah. up on the Instagram. I you do. Find Gretchen there. What are you, do you know, what are you doing next? Do you know yet? I don't know because I think they're waiting to hear, but you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, right. There might be a second season of American. Yeah, Journal but I, I still, I'm ready. I, I want to do some theater. I want to, you know, something. I'm you're ready, ready to keep, you're ready yeah. to keep uh, rocking. All right. So watch her Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Koppelman or um, on Instagram. The great Gretchen Mall, everybody. God, so great to reconnect. Thank you, Thanks, Brian. Gretchen. Thank you so Talk much. to you soon. Be well. Okay.